Every time. Every time. You I'm think like, you're not going to cry, but. No, I'm like a veteran, <laughs> a veteran hearing the national anthem. Every, it's like, uh, um, it just, it chokes me up. Yeah. It it's like up. when Whitney Houston sang. Oh, or Roseanne. Or Ro yeah, I mean, sure that. Same, same Z's, right? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, we could just fuck around all day, but we have a great guest. Do you want, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you always do the better introductions. Do you think so? What did you do, actually? Actually, I was going to do it anyway, because okay. I think Suli likes me more than he likes you. No, we're, we're, we're fast becoming best friends. And so. I don't like it, by the way. I don't I know like my soulmate now. <laughs> I know, I know. But it is, it's actor, it's comedian, writer. But it is Suli McCullough, everybody. Lose it. Ooh. Oh, my God. Ooh. Nice. Coming up front. I yeah. like that. Jenny, you just went right to it. You're like, uh, he's done some things. No, and... he's a comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. He's yes. crazy legs. Come on. Yes. Yes. Come I found on. that out right. the last right. time we were going. I think it's like, holy shit, you work. I, I like, had to confirm it. <laughs> you were crazy legs. You can't touch that. You had the fantasy sequence. You <laughs> laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing, Suli, I have to tell you, just before we even get started, watching you, like when we've done stand-up and everything, and you will do a set, and then you throw that in, if people don't, like, you'll just go, oh, but, you know, I was crazy. The whole audience was like, oh, shit, that is crazy. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really weird. Like, I've done a few sets now that I'm vaxxed. I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. Well, and the other night, I was like, you know what, all right, I'm just going to just put it out there. And right. so I did like I I did it in the middle, like just sort of threw it away. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Let Let's just let people know yeah. if they've made a comedy choice to go out and sit outdoors yeah. and watch some comedy. Here's a little bonus for you. And the second I said it, there was this couple to the left of me, and she just shouted out, "Yeah, that's you." <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I felt. I mean, I, I like. I felt that way also. I, I, when, when, I, when it came up, I was like, I, I wanted to confirm it for you. <laughs> we were, I, I was talking to Danny on the phone. I'm like, you know, Sue, like, I'm like, oh, I love Sue. We got to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, he was crazy. Like, Danny, there was just this hush. I thought I lost you, like, connection wise. No. And he was like, holy shit. He was, <laughs> are you kidding? You know what's funny is I spent like the year and a half before uh, the pandemic touring with Sean Wayans and Ooh, wow. Sean just called me out of the blue right one day he's like do you want to go do some shows together and I was like yeah cool and you know like his his fans you know are my fans too but they don't know it yes and so that was where I really got to see firsthand like that character really means something to people oh. like in a very you know I don't trip out like that I I don't trip off it and it's like it's part of the past and you know it's right. like I'm proud of it but right. I every now and again I do see like like reflections of oh people really like that character a lot like people dress up as crazy legs for Halloween right. Right? like that's that's a trip in and of itself like that's gotta be it's weird it's like I created a character that people are for Halloween like I I created a Halloween character right. like that's hey. That's insane. Oh, um, that's big. I get that. I, you gave me chills just talking about it. I get it. That's big. I, I mean, it's like you're a, a cultural touchstone. It's a big deal. It's and it's it's pretty cool. Like I was I was doing shows with Sean in Florida, and it was like a second show, and we were just doing two person shows where I would go up cold, and you know I'd get a generic intro, and I'd do my set, and then I'd make reference to it, and it literally like the room would explode. And then, you know, I do my thing. I bring Sean up. He does his thing. So I, you know, would watch Sean set sometimes. This dude came up to me once and he just kind of hovered around my area. Yeah. And he goes, dude, this is this is going to sound weird. But he goes, man, that 
that character is really great. And I was like, cool, thanks, man. And then he kind of like walked away. And then he came back. He goes, I, I can't believe I'm talking to you. Like, that character is really great. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know, you just don't get that kind of feedback for something that you created because usually you make it, you hope that it, does what it needs to do to get yeah. you a, another job right and, yeah. you know if it doesn't you go ah you know and then you yeah. just start over but it is it, it that was the cool thing about touring with him was i got to really see yo people like some stuff that you've made yeah no that's so, i mean that's huge and for you know i i it took me a while because to me he's always been sw1 but yes, um, I mean, yes. so, but you're talking about Sean Wayans. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. SW1. Yes. Wasn't that his and name on In Living Color? He was SW1. Yeah, it was SW1. And, that's when, and that's when we first became friends. I did a I did a sketch on In Living Color called the Homeboy Shopping Network. Oh, I remember. Oh, it. I remember yes. that. Oh, what? Oh. What? <laughs> what? All right, here's the, I'm going to just, I'm just going to give all my obscure credits. I want, yeah, no, I, please do it. Yeah, because you were, please, I'm, I'm going to jump in on one thing because I did, I wanted to just like, before we we're having you on, I just want to look at some of the other stuff. Okay. Uh, you were on Mr. Show? I was on Mr. Show. That's and another obscure one. Yeah. Uh, the, I was like, that's, that really. The life, yeah, I, yeah, the life raft was, I mean, it's, it's a very funny sketch. Great sketch. Uh, and I play the jilted lover that uh, shows up out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> on the I'm raft. swimming in the water and I climb into the raft. To... With a huge pompadour, like a little yes, like a yes. pompadour. Yeah, well, the funny thing is like that character was based on a real guy on one of those Jerry Springer episodes. And that's how he dressed. It was Fabian. Fabian was his name. Oh, oh that's, right. And, that's right. Yes. And he had, he kind of was Prince-ish. Yeah. Like he had this big pompadour and dressed in purple and had his chest out I like, like I often do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone hiking with Suli now twice. I could have been three times. And he won't, he, you know, the guy takes, he's like, he's a black McConaughey. Yes. He never puts his, he never puts his yes, shirt Yes. I'm always walking around with my shirt off. Uh, so people like that. Uh, I also was in the new clan sketch on Mr. Show, which oh, what was the that? Ku Klux Klan was trying to rebrand themselves. That that sketch is actually timeless. That's more timely now than it was when it first came I, out. So I the plan, remember the sketch. Yeah, the plan kind of was trying to rebrand themselves, and they were now more inclusive and user friendly. So <laughs> it was a commercial for the new clan. How did you get associated with? Was that just an audition, or did you? Did no, you, go you know, it was funny. Is like I was friends with those guys. You know, just from being in the clubs and stuff. And they would workshop their stuff at the HBO workspace. I remember and, I saw them there. And so yeah. I would just do sketches every now and again with those guys. I was in the Mr. Show movie too. So that oh, was, the, yeah. The, 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 what's the guy's name? Um, uh, the guy on cops, um, David Cross character. What was that character? Yes. Um, I forget. I, I, it, okay, yeah, I yeah, forget. Yeah. I forget. Cool. I'm not that good. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're getting up there. Yeah. yeah, and then the and then the other thing that people really like, as, as in terms of obscure things that I've done, I guest starred on Married with Children, and I played this guy that worked at a record shop that knew every record. <laughs> uh, the record shop was called Final Vinyl, and Al Bundy had this song on the on the on the tip of his tongue that he couldn't remember. <laughs> I remember and, this episode. <laughs> and and he went to Final Vinyl. And he hummed the song, and I knew exactly what it was. That's amazing. Yeah. I so I, I have these very, like, when I work, damn it, oh, I work. You, look, you know, you, you come in, you're the closer. I you am. Come in there, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm Jamal Crawford. Give me another uh, one. That comes off the bench, and I score. I yeah. score. Well, this is fantastic. Give me another one. Give me something else. I mean, um, uh, another one. Well, okay, this is... I'm going back to Atlanta next month for my daughter's graduation. Uh -huh. She's graduating from Spelman. And when I'm in Atlanta, I'm in total dad mode, right? Like, I'm not even thinking about anything remotely Hollywood. But I was on the Jamie Foxx show, and I did play yeah. Jamie Foxx's good friend Mouse. Mouse uh -huh. Dwayne Abercrombie That's was my character's name. I did 25 episodes of the 100 episodes. Wow. And so when I go to Atlanta, I yeah. instantly become either mouse or crazy legs. So those are. <laughs> You're like, it's like when Tony Soprano took his daughter to college. He couldn't escape 
Yes. And, and yes. That, yes. So it's like, that's your life when you're, yeah, no, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. Well, congratulations uh, to your daughter. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's great. I'm excited for her. We're going back next, uh, next month. They're having a ceremony when, when the pandemic hit, I had to fly out there on a red eye, move her out, you know, uh, real quick. And it was like going back in time because when we locked down, we were in total lockdown. Yeah. Uh, we took it very seriously and going back to the South, it really was like traveling in time. Like, I yeah. was like you guys don't know what's coming, but it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. I mean, my daughter had to graduate like remotely at home. So I, yes. I yeah, yeah. That, she was, that was, and that, uh, that's, and that's so heartbreaking too. Cause I think if I didn't get to graduate from like, when I graduated from college, like what a huge deal. It oh, was. It's, it's tremendous. Like I'm, I mean, I'm still hyped about my college graduation. <laughs> And Here I'm a full-grown adult. Song. I remember like, it's playing and I'm walking into the Coliseum at Sam Houston State University. I'm like teary-eyed. I can't believe it. I'm thinking, yeah. I can't believe that was taken away from... Yeah, and yes, it's terrible. The last so. semester of your senior year, what could be more... I still like, I'm like, I'm, I, some of my favorite times happened right then. Well, you know, what's interesting is my daughter, right before the pandemic, they did her senior trip where they went to Puerto Rico, her and her girlfriends went to Puerto Rico, and then they went to Miami for the weekend, right? Wow. And so I had some friends in Miami. I hooked them up with a table at Live, right? Which oh my is God. You know, yeah. a hot club. Oh, yeah. you know, bottle was gonna service. Get it. Yeah, bottle <laughs> service, all of that, right? I had hooked it up for them. The day they got to Miami, Miami was shutting down for the pandemic. So my daughter, flies back to Atlanta. I jump on a red eye that night and fly back to move her out. And yeah. so I feel like this graduation trip next month, we're going to do all the stuff in Atlanta that we're, we're going to close it up. Like I'm going, we're going to magic city. We're going to have, we're going to have lemon pepper wings in magic city. There you go. <laughs> it's we're, we're doing it for real. We, we will also go to the, uh, the civil rights museum just to mix it up. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, no, yeah. It, that's fun. So, so we're going to do, you know, we're going to do it all. Magic City and the Civil Rights Museum. So, yeah, like, you know, just because I'm a good dad. You're like, yeah, no, you're, I'm the same way. It's like, for me, it's like, you know, it's strip clubs and, uh, um, and the Holocaust. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny story. I was, like, I was at... Uh, one of my kids' school trips was to the Holocaust out here called the Museum of Tolerance. Mm -hmm. and the, I've been there. Yeah, so greatest much. name for a museum too. Oh just my god, yes. deal with it. Yes. Okay. Deal with it. Right. Yes. And, and and um and uh you know the corn dogs there best in the. <laughs> uh, I didn't know uh, that. I didn't. I didn't. Know yeah, that. but I was. When we were waiting there. Like somebody, like there were a bunch of people. Was like they were fighting about getting in line and stuff. And like there was this thing, and I was just like, I had like the greatest line. It's like. It's the Museum of Tolerance. Yes, 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 yes. It was a big applause line. You got an applause break at a museum? Yeah, an applause break in line at the Museum of Tolerance. That's fantastic. That's good work. That's good work. That's the reason That's the reason we are fast becoming friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that mattered. I, I was riding high. It was like I was smiling all through the exhibits, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it was... Uh, yeah. I remember going to Amsterdam a few years back, and, like, I was in line to... And Frank's house, and there yeah. were people that were like, "How fucking long do we have to wait?" I'm like, "No, guys, I think Whoa. that maybe we can put a pen in the attitude." Yes. I feel like, yes. I feel like Miss Frank did a yes. Like, I think maybe, she waited longer. Yeah. Well, I love I love going to civil rights museums, and I love experiencing that that quasi guilt that happens from you know people that are like you know we've got to do this and get into like everyone lets you go in front of them like it's the the guilt is hilarious like i like looking too at the at the people where i'm like oh yeah I, you belong in this museum like right. i saw a dude at the civil rights museum wearing a kente cloth belt and i was oh. like yep yeah. yep you can go in front of me sir right no 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 you, oh, <laughs> you, you, you're you're cosplaying. Get in yes, here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want you to have the full throttle experience of what this is. Was yeah, it I like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer with their... Uh, the, the yes. It, uh, yes, exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. But I love the Kente cloth belt because that's just like, I'm going to subtle represent and I yeah. don't want my pants to sag. 
Yeah. Really <laughs> sagging sends a whole different it's message. It's a dual purpose, guys. Yes, it is. Accessorizing. And then, yeah. yeah, it's like in Boomerang when uh, <laughs> Witherspoon's like, I got secret mushroom. Mushroom yep. belt. <laughs> yep. Guess what? <laughs> a cloth on the inside. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. That's so funny. Okay, doing it, Nation. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting. Props and futures. Head to Bet Online and use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code CLNS50. That is CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Doing it, Nation. I'm coming to you, Jenny Johnson, comedian, writer, all around, straight up G. I'm about to let you know about Athletic Greens. AG1 that I just started taking because now that I'm 44 years old and you know mama gets a little tired from time to time and I'm telling you this green drink is amazing I don't want a lot of sugar because I still got to keep my body looking tight this has low sugar it tastes great it helps me sleep at night another thing I have problems with and I just feel good all the way around The most important thing for me is it containing less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. I am forever searching for healthy options, low in sugar and high in taste, and AG1 is the perfect fit for me. It gives me all the energy I need during the day. I get a great night's sleep, and you know what? I look amazing. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I think AG1 does. AG1 is where it's at. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash doing it. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash doing it to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We were talking about it before, but like, where was like your start in comedy and how did that, how did that kind of come about? Did you always like, when you were like in school, was like, like, were you going to be a comedian or were you going to? Okay. Here, here's the thing. I was a little different than most standups where I like to say I was the smart class clown. Yes. And what I mean by that is I could make the kids in my class laugh. But then I would answer the teacher's question correctly. So uh-huh. I, I learned how to play both sides. So I get the laugh and get the right answer. And so I wasn't a disruptor. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, you and I, it's so funny that we have so much weird shit in common. That was exactly how I described myself. So I would, I could make the kids laugh, but that was a laugh I didn't care about as much, but I could also make the adults laugh. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I had one teacher who really didn't like me um, and I would try and do jokes. I tried and charm. I couldn't. One time he sent me down to the principal's office because I got a big laugh. That was, I thought smart. I don't remember what it was, but I, I never was like using whoopee cushions. I wasn't, you know, I was like, right. I, yeah, you were, yeah, you had real yeah, clever, but yeah. the vice principal of our school thought I was the funniest guy in the world. So I would get sent down to the vice principal and then yeah. I, we would, I, I basically would do a set for the vice principal. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. So I, I'm with you. I mean, the bigger, I, I, you I know, was the like, same I, right there. Yeah. I think my first, like my first kind of like when I knew I was inching towards it in high school, I did the morning announcements and that would be in the, you know, in, in the school office and I would do the announcements and then I would conclude with a dumb joke of the day and (laughs) I'd frame it as the dumb joke of the day, which was, I didn't realize it, but I was actually protecting myself and I was smart by doing that because- I lowered the stakes, you know what right. I mean? Like yeah. calling it the dumb joke meant I'm not putting too much on it. Right. So that was a free space to work material for sure. I, it's so crazy. I did the morning announcements too. And I worked out. Look at this. See? <laughs> See, doing that. Yeah. I would like on the bus ride into school or, you know, I would frequently like be working on like, what's the comedy bit I'm going to do here. And, and, like, yes, and yeah. then go get into the, yeah. Ad. This is so goddamn weird. <laughs> my, my experience, they wouldn't let the students do the announcements because we were 
terrible, but I was an office aide. So that meant for one period, I would go to all the classes and give notes for teachers or whatever. And sometimes it would be like, oh, that kid's in trouble. And that was my way of like practicing my, you know, my shtick of like, yes, okay, this kid did this. All right. Knock, knock. Yeah. Enrique, (laughs) guess who's in trouble today? (laughs) (laughs) You had your, you had your guest star entrances. Yeah. I could open the door and like, Hi, and then shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So, so, so like, but like to, to, to get me like, pa- that was like the introductory stages. And yeah. I always paid attention to stand up. Like I oh, really, where are you from first? Uh, I'm, I, I was born in Los Angeles, okay. but I grew up in Northern California. Okay. So I went to Cupertino high school. My junior high was across the street from Apple computer. I don't know. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> and I spent two years at San Jose State before transferring to UCLA. And at San Jose State, they had a comedy competition, but they held it in the pub. And I wasn't old enough at the time to be in the pub. But I remember this the way this pub was was uh, situated. They had windows so you could see the people drinking inside of the pub and having fun. And I just remember while this competition was going on, I was outside looking into the window like if I could just get there. So, yeah, that was like the that was the like that pivotal moment where I think I saw my future and just had to figure a way to get there. But I didn't I didn't start doing stand up until I transferred to UCLA. We had a comedy club at UCLA we would get together like once every couple of weeks work help each other with our material and we would do shows in the dorms for our fellow students and wow. we had a budget where we they would hire one working comic and because it's LA and you know like it was the best of the best so that's where i met like you know david spade and wow. you know like working comics that were just about to pop right. and that was like my bridge into stand-up and also like when we were in college we were really resourceful we used to pitch comedy shows to the fraternities for their rush week activities we would charge them a budget wow. and we would pay like we would book one of these known comics that was you know local and in the circuit so it was a way to sort of befriend working comics, put money in their pocket where they didn't have to go on the road, which was yeah. better than a one nighter in town. Like when I yeah. when I think back about that, I kind of wish I still had that hustle now. Yeah. Because like it really I really was kind of ahead of the curve in that way, you know? Yeah. It's kind of genius. I mean, you, if I think about it. You guys were you. You sounds like you were in. Are now are any of the guys who were in that comedy club? Are any of them? Uh, did, did people? Are, yeah, how like a, a, um, a couple. Like uh, there was a there was a guy Fred Tattashore who uh, is a writer now, um, a pretty successful writer. Chris Spencer, who you know is a, is a regular at the comedy store and you know, producer of, of, of a bunch of different things. Me and him were really good friends, uh, in college. And we kind of like, you know, sort of held down comedy at UCLA. You know what I mean? Like we, it it was just funny how, when I think back about it, it it's like that early twenties, I'm, I'm the funniest thing ever cockiness. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have no idea just how not funny you are in the big scheme of things <laughs> yeah but cockiness and bravado get you everywhere you know oh my god 100 <laughs> percent. it's amazing what confidence can do yes it? yeah <laughs> and it's okay. also um, it's, what's amazing about it is it's like in, in confidence gets you everywhere but it's like show business and performing it create it it attracts the most insecure brittle of us absolutely yeah and so absolutely it's weird fucking it's this weird shit because I always feel when, whenever I act confident, I'm just doing a fucking character. Yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. just comfortable playing. Yeah. It's like a character piece. It's yeah. like me not self-loathing for a couple minutes. Well, it's so funny. Like when I think back about those early years, like I started when I was 19 and I ended up, this was the thing. I'll, I'll, I, and I haven't even told you that. Like, so that's what we were doing at UCLA. All right, I want you to the break. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld did a show at UCLA 
and four of us from the comedy club got to open for him. Wow. And we each did five minutes. Like the opener had 20 minutes. So they divided it amongst us. Wow. And I remember being so cocky back then that I was like, five minutes? Like, <laughs> I almost I almost decided to take myself off the show so my friends could have an extra minute and a half. Oh, wow. Like, like, like it's insane. That's cocky. Like, the, the level of cocky that was five minutes? Like, <laughs> how are you going to reduce me? five minutes like i'm and just getting warmed up son at fucking exactly <laughs> i have upwards of 12 minutes of comedy so jerry's managers george shapiro was yeah. in the audience afterwards he approached me and he said i think you have a lot of talent and wow. give me a call and at the time oh this is how naive i was super cocky but naive yeah i didn't know who george shapiro was of course. Why would I you? had? Uh, yeah. Why would I? Yeah. I, I, I I'm, I'm at UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 12 yeah. minutes of comedy. George Shapiro should know who I am. Exactly. I <laughs> so I had a friend that was a little more established. Uh, uh -huh. My friend, Jordan Brady, who's a director. Uh -huh. And I called Jordan Brady and I said, you know, this guy, George Shapiro gave me his business card. Should I call him? Is he, is he legit? Right. I think I said, is he legit? <laughs> yeah, by the way, there's no internet to Google this shit. Yes. Like... And, so, and so Jordan goes, that's one of the biggest managers in comedy, right? And so then I had to act like I was cool and go, yeah, all right. Well, I guess I'll call him. Right. <laughs> well, this, week, this week's kind of packed, but I'll get to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I got a midterm in two weeks. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll circle back with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, don't worry. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> so maybe. What, what happens on that call? Do you call him? Not only did I call him and he said, I want to meet with you. Once again, this is like how cocky I was at the time. Wow. I go, yeah, cool. We should have a meeting. My friend Chris Spencer also does comedy. You should meet with him too. Oh, you're a good friend on top of comedy. I am like, <laughs> un, yeah, aside from being cocky, I am a good friend. And yeah. George thought that that was so thoughtful and revealed like, my character it does because it does. This, is not, this is not a prevalent thing like when i was in that world it's like people are not like it's like there's a limited number of spots or most people yes yes is, like, and here i am trying to get my friend in. yeah you're a good dude like, yeah, yeah and so other comics are like oh you need to get past at the store i'm like how do i do that they're like well fucking good luck i don't yeah know. right right yeah. i can't help you there right. <laughs> so george took the meeting with both of us even though he was he was really just interested in me uh -huh. They ended up signing me. I still had a year left of school. And that's when I started emceeing at the Laugh Factory and the Improv. Wow. And so that was, it was great because signing with George Shapiro legitimized the dream of doing stand-up. And, you know, it was like I knew this was going to be a real career path for me. That's amazing. How, how cocky did you get after that? Well, here's the funny thing was... When I when I started emceeing in the club, I, I started to hear, you know, I mean, you're you're just working with the best of the best. Like that's yeah. when Seinfeld was still doing guest spots during the week. Mm -hmm. That's when uh, it was the early 90s. So like I gra I graduated college in 90. So it was when Tom and Roseanne were in the clubs. Right. It was, you know, like Janine Garofalo was in the clubs. Adam Sandler was still doing spots in the clubs. Like, like it was a really interesting time to be in the clubs and and it was like this this wave of comics that were just about to super blow up so yeah. even though i i was cocky about being funny i still respected the fact that i was in the a-list of talent yeah and yeah. uh and and as and i and i was emceeing and so i was just in awe of everyone that I was working with, you know what I mean? Course, and, right. you know, and, like, and, and it was interesting too, because I would hear at the time, oh, he's, he's good, but he's green. And that would just frustrate me so much. Like, you know what I mean? Like no yeah. one, like, you know, no one wants to be called green, right. but I had to accept that, dude, you're like, you just brought up Jerry Seinfeld or, you know, and like during that time, that's when like Rodney Dangerfield would drop by and do guest spots. So I just felt like 
I was blessed with being in this this world with the best comedians and even though I was I was confident and cocky I still was like you're getting the ability to learn from the best yeah on a nightly basis you know yeah yeah like I I feel the same where I I don't want to be surrounded by people that are uh not as like I want I want to be the worst in a group of really good comics because I'll yes yes yes. they'll push me to be better I don't want to be like the greatest comic because I'm not yes. <laughs> like let me be around people that are that like who was someone for you though that you looked up to like as you were growing up like who was a comedian that made you was there someone that you saw that you were like shit this is what I want to do well I mean it's it, it sounds weird to say this now given what's happened but I was really influenced by Cosby early on yeah um, I was <laughs> I, I see that because you did drug me on one of our <laughs> And I, and I, like, I was like, oh man, this guy, it's so, like I can see the early influences. And I'm kind of glad you said that before. I was going to leave that out. but And I totally yeah. set myself up. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like that's a, but in fairness, Cosby's all, drug game was on All my childhood crazy. heroes that I, I love are now in trouble. Woody Allen, yeah. you know, Cosby, OJ Simpson apparently <laughs> used to be a good football player. Right. <laughs> Wait, what, 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 OJ Simpson, the, the, the football player? What, what happened? He stole, he stole some things in Vegas. That was, <laughs> yeah. And, and only that. He stole some shit. And that was, uh, that, that was, was, that was the extent. Yeah. Other than that, that the, he's not guilty. That was the extent. Wow. Yeah, Cosby was someone. Uh, so was it Cosby's like stand up or the show? Like, what well, was- I used to listen to, I used to listen to Dr. Demento back in the day. Yeah, you know, that too. was my source of comedy. I really loved that um, wonderfulness album uh, where, you know, he does the bit about the chicken heart and, you know, like I just thought those those bits were, you know, they were storytelling, they were solid, they had character. Like, you know, I was just like, this dude is so good, you know, and. And what a great uh, guy, too. <laughs> so great. I felt the same way. I was super let down. <laughs> I feel so blessed that I never liked him. Really? <laughs> like, I was like, his stuff, it didn't appeal to, like, and but I think part of, I don't know why, but it was like, I think maybe it had to do with my dad liked him, but the a friend of mine's older brother was, had, um for stand-up, like the stand-up we listened to at that point was like it was Steve Martin and it was Richard Pryor. Like those yes, are the albums yes, we listened yeah. to all the time, and it was like I just love that so much more. Yes. And well, then- here's the like I will I will say this, Danny. Like, you know, my initial, you know, uh, love of Cosby sort of led me down this path of studying all the greats. So, of course, you know, like you start with Cosby and then you get to Pryor and then you go, oh man, like. <laughs> the things this dude is doing and where he's drawing from. Like, and I read, you know, prior convictions and, you know, all those great biographies about prior you just, but you just also come to realize the, the things that he was drawing from, I'm not going to ever be that destructive to be that funny. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. Yeah. That's not going to be your, that's not going to be your voice, but I don't know about you, but I'm always like the comics I, and, and comedy I love the most is the stuff I don't think I can do. Huh? That's interesting. So so like, I like seeing comics do stuff that like, well, that would never be like, that joke would never, you put me in a room for a hundred years with a typewriter. I'm never going to write that joke. And I find that like fascinating because with the other stuff, I kind of know how it's done. And this is me me now. I guess you're right though. At a time when I was younger, I had no idea what I could do or not do. And who my voice is. So, and obviously I like a lot of, things that I would not hold up today prior sure, to that. Sure, uh, sure. It, it's funny, like, it, it's just, you know, th- this path is so interesting because you never know exactly where it's going to take you, but if you trust it, it does take you to the right places. Like, I was a fan of Gary Shandling's stand-up before I was a stand-up. Like, I thought his takes on stuff were so funny, and he used to, like, he used to do that joke about seeing ugly people kissing in the mall. And I worked at the mall at that time. And I was like, 
how did this dude see this? That's so funny. And then I became friends with Gary, which, you know, I was friends with him for 18 years. And, you know, like the, the friendship got deeper and deeper where we ended up writing together. And, but it was just like, I was a fan of his standup before I did standup and then became friends with him. So, you know, you just never, you it's never weird. know, but you know, what's, what's coming your way. Yeah. You're right. It's the best thing about this business. Gary Shandling, my favorite joke of his was when he talks about, uh, maybe I want to marry my mom. And he's like, I've never seen anyone other than a blackjack dealer. I could watch that, him do, tell that joke a million times. I'd never don't laugh. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's coming. It's still just such a brilliant yeah. person. When I saw the joke that he did, that was like, um, I think it was, he was talking about like seeing like the tiniest little house in the Hollywood Hills and yes. for like millions. And he's like, and the, the real, the realtor kept saying, but look at the view. And it's like for, for like $2 million, there should be boobs pressed yes, up against yes, the yeah, pl- yeah, 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 pressed up against the window. Yeah. That was like, and then like, I, when I saw It's Gary Shandling Show, I yeah. was like, because I, I, I was not aware of all of it, drew on things, but I fucking loved that show yes. so much. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then obviously Larry Sanders and, and you know, it's, I it, mean, it, Larry Sanders to me was my favorite show on tv at the time and it's still one of my favorite shows that has ever been created like i just felt like it was so grounded in reality yeah and the comedy all came from this very real place yeah that i was just drawn to it and so that's how that's how i met gary like i got cast on that show and it's so it's like i said it's weird it's weird how life works so I was a stand-up and an actor, you know, guest star and doing stuff. I got cast on that show as a writer. And I wasn't really writing for people at that time. Uh-huh. And so I was this, uh, the episode, it was, it was an episode with Jon Stewart. And I what? played a writer on the show. And Gary and I, you know, like I had guest starred on a couple of other things, like Married with Children, yeah. and, you know. Mm-hmm. So I knew what being a guest star was, you know, you just sort of pop in, you do your thing, you say your lines, you try not to piss anybody off and hopefully you do a good enough job where you don't get cut out and maybe they'll ask you back if you're lucky. Yeah. But that's the nature of the beast. So I went into it being a fan of that show and just so happy that I got cast to be on it. Gary and I started talking on the set and we started talking about Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And he is a big Muhammad Ali fan, as I am. And we had this, you know, like 45 minute to an hour conversation about Muhammad Ali. And he started asking me all these questions about, you know, what my experience has been like in the business. And it was one of those kind of conversations where. I mean, you know how how typical conversations go in this business. Sure. They're very surfacey. Like around that time, most of the conversations were, "Did you think OJ was guilty?" You know, like that. Kind <laughs> of <thing. laughs> so lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on our side? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. The idea. It's so. It's so perfect. Now it's so, like, are you gluten-free? I'm yeah, gluten-free. exactly. <laughs> Do you have a cat? <laughs> yeah. Oh so, like it, you know, like, I just came away from that experience feeling like, yo, I, I liked this guy's stand-up because that was hilarious. But just talking to him and connecting with him, like, I like him as a person. And, yeah. you know, I got invited to play in his game Yes. And I played Fast in his forward. game for 16 years, and his game was invite only. And yeah, and and for the people listening, this is a you look funny, a basketball game that he hosted. Yeah, he hosted this game on Sunday, and the only rule of the game was you couldn't talk about the game. So 
Yeah, it was, it was Fight yeah. Club. It was Fight Club with better jokes. That's what it right. was. And <laughs> that you couldn't tell apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And and it was it, it was like this great mix of people in the business that were smart and creative and ambitious and you know, also loved basketball and loved Gary. And so yeah. it was the closest thing he had to uh to a family. Yeah. And it was really special and it was like my oasis from hollywood in a very hollywood situation right. if that makes sense you yeah. know what i mean is that where you met um our mutual friend kevin nealon that is where kevin and i met oh yeah 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 kevin played in that game sarah silverman played in that game and then occasionally we would get a weird guest star uh <laughs> like brad pitt so <laughs> you couldn't wait to just throw his shit out when he tried to just yes, yes. Do out. Dr. Ruth, dr ruth westheimer what are you doing here <laughs> well it is funny like uh like jim gray would show up usually like during the game or afterwards. So it was almost like we had a real, you know, professional commentator for mediocre basketball. Like it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Would y'all get pissed if he didn't do the commentary? Yeah. You have one job, Jim. Jesus. David Duchovny played in that game. And, you know, David Duchovny already has a lot of things working well for him. Like, you know, he's talented, he's good looking and, yeah, he's a really good basketball player. On top of that, well, like he played, he yeah, um, exactly. It was like, come on, dude, really? Yeah, like, it was like when I found out John Hamm had a huge dick, it was like, come on, yes, that's <laughs> not what? really. <laughs> like I gotta sleep every night just assuming it's tiny, and that's what yes. helps. Yes, yes, yeah, that's what helps you. Got a big old hog hanging out. That's what helps you sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough already. Um, uh, he's gonna pay in the next life. <laughs> um, well, man, it, we, it, we we're at the point in our show now. I mean, where we like to talk about the shit we've been watching. Yes. Oh, wow! And wow. and recommendations. And it, I'm curious: has there been something that you've been like obsessed with, or over well, you you've given me? I'm really bad about watching stuff. Like I I come to it late. Me too. Uh, the the things that everyone's talking about, I'm like, eh, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like two years later, I'll be like, man, that show is the Sopranos is really good. Right? <laughs> I, I, I was that way with um, uh, I, I only had recently watched um, um, Succession. Like I missed uh -huh. it through the whole uh, while I was there. I was like, and I, and then I felt like I couldn't even like tweet about it because it sure, was like, sure. That's a, I yeah, was that way with uh, Veep. When Veep came, I'm like, are you really? Yet, holy hell, this is. Uh, it's like, yeah, they've won like everything. Are, how are you not watching Veep? What are some? What are some? Of, what's an example of? Uh, I'll like, give you an example of something. Well, I mean, I have too many of those, but I'll give you an example of something that I, that is like, just like a little obscure thing that I found that I like. Uh, Netflix has this show called Last Chance You that I oh, really yeah. like. Um, is that, I, oh, and, yes, I. That's amazing, by the way. Yes, yeah, it's really good. Very it's, powerful. It, it's, yeah, it's, very it's powerful. exactly, uh, if you want to see, like, if you just want to root for people to just figure it out in a sports setting, uh, Last Chance You is um, is amazing. And I, I, mean, I watched that and, and with the feeling of, like, I don't have kids, and I'm like, I want these, like, they're my kids. I'm like, come on, don't do yes. Hey, yes. Come on, man. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, like yes. Just go to practice. So yeah, your homework, please. You can do this. You can yes. do it. Yes. I'm like, I'm so emotionally exhausted by the time yes. with yeah. an episode. That's my, that's my little show that I feel like, you know, I'm rooting for them, you know, and I and I hope that they can figure it out. That's a, yeah. that's a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah. So Last Chance Use, and it's, and it's five seasons in. It starts out with these Juco football programs. Yeah. And uh, this season, the newest season, is a basketball uh, program up in Oakland. And, and growing up in Northern California, it just reminds me of, of, uh, of all my NorCal hangouts and stuff. Yeah. And, you, and you see some of the most talented athletes you've yes. ever seen that you yes. like, don't throw it away. <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting, too, is all of those kids on that show – they feel like they're going to the next level mm -hmm. and so few make it to the next level that yeah. they don't have a backup plan. They're not, they yeah. don't realize how crucial it is to lock in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I feel like 
you know, stand up, there's no rules to it and you have to sort of be self-disciplined to succeed. Yeah. And it's very similar to sports in that way where you right. have to love this to your core yeah. and put all the work in and you try and minimize. Yes, you, you have to try and minimize all the pitfalls. Yeah, I see that with musicians who are fantastic. Like my son is like, an, like I was a musician, but my son is like this amazing guitar. And it's because he just likes to practice. Like, it's not like a yes. to practice. Yes. He will yes. like on his, like, I, I watch him, he's just in his room or, you know, there'd be a moment when he wasn't doing anything. He just said, I'm going to go upstairs. And he's like, and, and he's playing guitar for hours. Yes, yes. And, 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 and I never had that. And that like, but I did have that with comedy. So it's a different story. You know, it's like, yes. You, yeah. There's that difference between like passion and like a hobby. And yeah. yes. you see the difference with passion. It's like first one to practice, last one to leave, and then you go home and then you keep shooting baskets in your driveway and you're still like, you never yes. stop. Yes. What, what, so what, Jenny, anything for you? You know, I, because I just saw that they added this to HBO Max, but the other two, which was uh, oh, yeah. a series that was on Comedy Central that uh, yeah. Chris Kelly, Sarah Schneider made, and it has Molly Shannon and it's, they just put the first season on HBO Max. It is one of the funniest comedies. Wait, what's it? What's it called? The, the other, other two. Basically, the other two. It's the, okay. it's the, the other siblings two. of a famous, um, yeah. uh, like a, a fam like a thirteen-year-old uh, pop, pop star that, that that does like one viral video. That's how it's. <laughs> and his name is Chase, and they're like, it's Chase Dreams. Ken Marino plays his uh, manager, and his and he's Streeter, which is somewhat like scooter you yes. know like yes it, yes yeah Molly shannon is the mother and then there's the two older siblings one's trying to be an actor one used to be a dancer they're, they're total losers oh and so that's they, fantastic they have this that's fantastic sweet little brother that is all of a sudden blowing up and he's on you know in times square on a, on a billboard and shit and they're like okay his and his hit single was i want to marry you at recess ah. <laughs> oh, yeah i'm watching this I'm, I'm checking this out. Yeah, that yeah. works. That it's works. Completely. You'll enjoy it. What about you, Danny? Oh, my God. You're just reminding me of like with Ken Marino. Just I came to this really late. I didn't even know this existed until like maybe two years ago and then watched their two seasons. But have you ever seen Burning Love? Yes. It's, the, so, the, it's the, like the, the mockumentary of The Bachelor. It's the fake Bachelor. And yeah. Ken Marino in first season is The Bachelor. Yeah. And it is, and everybody who's funny, like it's uh, Natasha Leggero is yeah. one of the Bachelorette, like trying to date him. She All never the contestants are comedians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And then second season, which is also funny, is June Diane Raphael. And, 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 and yeah. she's, and it's just like, it's really fun. Both of those are just they're brutal and funny and they're great. And Burning Love, look for it. Yeah, and it, it's so silly. And like, that's all I want to watch right now is things that make me happy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going uh, I'm to highbrow this a little bit, if you don't mind. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. Uh, I don't I'm own gonna start, it. Too. I'm going to start off with this, this sentence. Oh, yeah. I watch a lot of documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Continue, Suli. As title you, this, let me, we, let me get my monocle real quick. Hold on. I, I let's let's title this episode there. Trying Too Hard with Suli. <laughs> Remember, I did preface this by saying I'm cocky. I know. You, 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 you say you teed it up early. Yeah, what I is, teed it up. So what's it, what's uh, it? I'll tell you just a great documentary if you just want to feel like a little less pandemic-y and get out of your sense of being contained. Yes. The, um, the Rolling Stones documentary where they tour uh brazil and uh is fantastic what what is it called it's I... on netflix it's um like rolling stones rio something i'll look it's, it up i'm pretty sure shortly after this was when i saw an announcement that was like mick jagger is expecting another baby with the yes Brazilian which, <laughs> that makes sense yeah but it's it's they chronicle you know, uh, the, when when they toured uh, Brazil and year was Central it? America, was this... it's actually like 2016 ish. Wow. Yeah. So, but I, I I stumbled upon it one night, and I was like, I feel like I'm somewhere else, and you... I'm on tour with the Rolling Stones. Right. Well, I want to see that. I watched I watched one that was out a recent one that came out called The Quiet One about Bill Wyman, and uh -huh. it, it's all from his perspective where he was like he had documented everything. He had a camera the whole time. And, and yes, that was, that, that was really good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, it's I'm, like, I'm gonna... ole, 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 something like that. I don't, I don't I'm know. Gonna look, I'm gonna, I'll find it. I don't, ole, ole, ole. I don't know. I don't know. 
Damn it, that's what I was going to call my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a stupid, like, this is just something, I was watching something on YouTube. I think it was catching up on, like, just old, uh, old uh, Between Two Ferns. But then I saw, there's a guy in Dallas, and maybe you know this guy, Gordon Keith. Did you ever hear no, about that? No, no. Gordon Keith. So I was, it's, I click on something and it is, uh, it's called, it said, I think it was said like awkward Zach Galifianakis interview. Yeah. And it was prior to Between Two Forms, but there's this guy, Gordon Keith, who was basically, he still does it, was Between Two Ferning. <laughs> it, it, like clearly they saw this guy because Will Ferrell was on it and developed He's got to be the inspiration for what Zach was doing on this because it is so. And he, he at first you're wondering, is he in on the joke? Yes. And it's like, and, he, and so he, I forgot what movie Zach was in. He's like, how does it compare to? How does so how does this movie compare to to other to all the other movies? What do you mean, all the other movies ever? Like he asked him like really crazy. Whoa. <laughs> and Whoa. and it's like, and it's he's just genuinely funny. Yes. It, yeah. So Jordan okay. Keith, I I couldn't believe this guy exists. Okay. There's a local, right, that's one that, local yeah, thing, yeah. Well, I say yeah. that one last night, Danny, the, uh, was it Snuff? Oh, that, let, let me recommend that, too, because I yeah. got it. Uh, Matt Berry and uh, Rich Fulcher had a show that aired six episodes many years ago called Snuffbox. It's on YouTube Premium. or Yeah, YouTube, okay. And it is so, I, I don't even want to ruin it for you. It is yeah. so ridiculously absurd and funny, and they have these recurring bits. There's, well, I'll tell you the bit you sent me. Po we'll post that video. Yeah, Send post that with the fuck you video. Yeah, but basically, <laughs> every episode, he approaches some woman who's like looking, one woman looking for an apartment. It's like, oh, you don't want to live there. You want to live in a nicer neighborhood, and they're it's chemistry. And it's yes. like, well, can I walk you? It's like, yes, I just need to return my, I just need to go visit my boyfriend. And and he just goes, fuck you. And he like drops. <laughs> so it, it's, it's always an incredibly charming scene that yes. ends with her yes. casually mentioning boyfriend. Yes. And he's like, well, and the, it, the one that I, the first one that I, like the first sequence of that was like, oh, let me help you with that. And he's holding an aquarium with all her fish swimming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, chivalry's not dead. It's just like, well, my husband gets back from work, smashes fuck it. You. Fuck you. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> he does these misrecurring bits. So that's what I would recommend. That's yeah. hilarious. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, this was this was amazing. I mean, come yeah. on. I, I First of all, I didn't even know you guys did a podcast. And I'm like, well, we I like both of that. them. I like both of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's like we have a lot of cross. It's very weird that we've only met now. Yeah, I I, it's that's really bizarre. Because we have yeah, so many people in common but that are happy that we've met. I know. By the way, yeah. like, I'll post something on Instagram. But the minute I posted your name on the first time we went hiking, it's like, so he's the greatest guy you've ever It's like, it's like. <laughs> Honestly, oh, I, was, I, I was like, you fucking know Sue. I know Sue. You need the fucking best. And he was like, yeah, no, it's I like no one's like, you're, you're 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 Tom Hanks. You're like, you're just yes, like, yes. You're you're America's sweetheart, Sue. You know what? You guys need to help me design my dating profile because this is the <laughs> this is what I need. This is what I need. We're gonna talk. I mean, we haven't yes. had this talk anyway, but this will be an yes. our talk on dating. Yes, profile. exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, it's it, it's great to talk to you, and uh, and thank you so much. And I'll see you in the mountains. I'm sure. Absolutely. And. Jenny will talk sneakers when we talk sneakers. Of course, we will talk sneakers. We're mutual sneakerheads. Yes. yes we but uh, thank you for being on, Suli. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. Right.